0: Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast, I'm Dan Smada. Let's start with a little story about motivation today. My friend Rich Meese tells a story in his trainings about the time in class when the teacher noticed little boy, let's call him Danny, standing up instead of sitting at his desk like the other children. Oh Danny, said the teacher, please sit down. I don't want to, said little Danny. Well, but you need to sit down, said the teacher, it's time to work. Well, I don't want to sit down, said Little Danny. I don't like sitting. Well, I'll need you to sit down now, said the teacher. You don't want to have to go to the corner, do you? This, of course, was in the days when putting children in the corner was common practice. So slowly, without taking his eyes off the teacher, Little Danny sat down. But he continued to stare at the teacher to the point that the teacher said, Well, what is it, Little Danny? Well, I may be sitting on the outside, said Little Danny but I'm still standing on the inside. Now this, of course, is a parable like a lot of stories are in training. The point though is that each of us has little Danny inside of us, so to speak. We all prefer to decide what we do and we don't necessarily prefer other people telling us what to do. That's not always true, but it's generally true and basically I'm a little Danny in a big Dan body. So this Need for choice and control comes into play, uh, definitely when somebody's offering you advice on what you should or could do. This need for choice and control is pervasive and it definitely comes into play when you as the advisor are offering clients advice on what they could or should do, particularly around the need to change their behavior. Your ability to provide an extrinsic motivator like a carrot or a stick is extremely limited if not null and void altogether. So how do you motivate clients when you don't have a reward or consequence? It's up to them. Well, the answer is you don't motivate clients. Clients must be motivated on their own. The question for advisors really is, How do you help clients become intrinsically motivated to take the actions that will get them the results they seek? Let's anchor this idea to your client meetings for a moment. Think about the last few time clients failed to take an action by an agreed upon deadline. Where'd that deadline come from? What was the source of the due date on the action item the client failed to complete or didn't complete on time? If the answer is you suggested a deadline and the client agreed, that's something to look at. When a client agrees with your due dates, they may not be as committed to them as you think they are. As a matter of fact, experienced advisors will point to plenty of occasions where clients agreed to actions they didn't buy into simply to be polite or to end the meeting. It's probably happened to me too, hopefully not recently. (laughs) The point is, it happens. Particularly when you're the one supplying a due date to somebody else. What top advisors do differently is they use a strategy of commitment that's built around the psychological principle of consistency. In a nutshell, here's what consistency means. We all have an innate desire to act in accordance with the brand we put out to ourselves and to the world. The way we see ourselves and how we want other people to see us forms the core of motivation in a lot of situations. That includes a desire to do what we said we would do. Let's face it, you probably don't like it if somebody accuses you of not being true to your word or not walking your talk. That's consistency at work. When we feel that little, when somebody says that, That's us wanting to be consistent with our brand, and that's an opportunity for advisors to help clients. Here's how you do it. When it comes time in your meeting to establish what are the next steps and when will they be done, the strategy for triggering commitment is to ask and not tell. The goal is pull from your client a commitment they want to make versus pushing onto the client a commitment you want them to make. That's a distinction that makes a big difference. It's the originating point of the due date and the action item that gives it its power. So here are a couple of questions that work to trigger commitment and thus consistency. The first question is simply, what's next? You want clients to tell you what they think first. Of course, you may suggest things too, but the best practice is to hold your fire until clients do or don't identify action items that will help them get their results. If not, it's easy to fill in the blanks with a couple of suggestions like, well, how about this or what about that? But it starts with what's next coming from the client. The second question that matters is when do you intend to do it? Asking clients for their deadlines and their due dates is an underrated but powerful question. As a matter of fact, research shows that if I call you the day before an election and ask you if you intend to vote and you say yes, you are literally more likely to vote. If you identify as a voter, you're more likely to want to live up to that. Why? Because you said you would. You want to be consistent. That's consistency. These commitments get even stronger when you make them out loud or visually. That's why smoking cessation programs encourage you to share with friends and family that you're quitting smoking. Not so they pressure you, it's so you create pressure on yourself versus external motivation. It's self-induced or intrinsic motivation. So when clients tell you they intend to do something, they're more likely to own it and they're more likely to feel responsible for the due date. It's theirs. They're accountable to their own deadlines. The visual part of it is when you're in an online or a virtual meeting with clients, open up a screen and write down the next steps they give you. Make their commitments more than verbal, make them visual, and that is even stronger because most clients, 75%, are visual learners. So that out loud visual commitment triggers even more consistency and makes those commitments more durable but it starts with those two questions. What's next and when do you intend to do it? Those are your best tools for helping customers own their own next steps and to feel accountable to their own deadlines. One more note on execution. It's important to be extremely authentic in this approach. In this case, it means living with the answers you get. It doesn't work to ask the questions and then not accept what the client tells you. You need to be okay with what you get. That's really actually a more realistic approach than expecting clients to feel motivated to meet your deadlines because you want them to. If you want a good read on the subject, pick up The Psychology of Influence by Robert Cialdini. He's one of the essential thinkers on this subject and I've gotten a lot of value from the book. He's also focused on using the tools of influence for good and not evil, as I'm sure you are. At their best, the strategies of commitment and consistency help you help clients get the results they want. Uh, one more note on execution. Uh, on a personal note, I am a living, breathing evidence that you teach what you need to learn. Literally between the start of recording this podcast and now, I went out into the kitchen here and basically told my 16-year-old daughter when she had to have her late assignments done by. Well, we're now about an hour away from that deadline and judging by what's happened in the interim, I'm not totally surprised uh, to see that her motivation to meet my deadlines is less than what I would hope for. It's actually pretty amazing sometimes how advising relationships are simply a microcosm of life relationships. The very same principles that help you succeed in life, help you succeed with clients and vice versa. I gotta remember that it's about the pull, not the push. That's the podcast for today, advisors. Stay safe, be well, and good luck.